know. Ah, that's different. Yes, what a difference. There's a difference you can hear, there's a difference you can see, but the difference in Soul of Detroit is quality. Yes, friends, when you compare long podcasts, you'll find that in Soul of Detroit's, the difference is quality. Quality of conversations. The finest Turkish and domestic varieties, extra mild and superbly blended, to give you a much different, much better flavor and aroma than any other long podcast. You ask in Iraq, the truck is out of my face. It's gone. What are, you, what are you doing? What are you doing? That is not paid for by them. That is paid for by the people of Detroit. You might be qualified, Emil. I'm not qualified for this job. Let me tell you something. You want to go right now? Okay? You want to go right now, Albert? Hello, my good friends. Welcome back to ML Soul of Detroit. We are coming to you live from the Soul of Detroit. And this week is a double hit from the east side our guest will be my wife free press reporter extraordinaire reigning michigan journalist of the year Teresa baldus among the reporters that she beat was me uh i nominated myself and i nominated her so i got to go back to thinking about whose letter i spent more time on but I, it may just be that her work was better that could have been what Probably. the judges decided on because obviously i'm prettier and uh we have our regular <laughs> cast of of fools Mark Fellhauer, Sean Windsor, whose columns we're going to be talking about a little bit later on the show. We're also going to have a, a little sponsor read from Sir Speedy, which is Sean's porn name, and Matt Jennings with Soft History. And Joe Zuver is uh, wisely keeping his head down through this whole firefight and, of course, helping you get this on Facebook Live, where we're pleased to be brought to you by Sir Speedy. If you own or work at a company that needs marketing materials, it's time for you to listen up. The newest sponsor of Solar Detroit podcast is Sir Speedy. Print, signs, marketing in Harper Woods, Troy, and Novi. Whatever you need when it comes to marketing materials, Sir Speedy has you covered. Brochures, signage, direct mail campaigns, promotional products, you name it, and Sir Speedy can do it. They have a full creative staff that can help you design whatever you may need. So if you're a company that's just starting up and needs to get your marketing game going, or you're a company that needs to take your marketing materials to the next level, you need to call my friends at Sir Speedy. Their number is 586-777-7500. That's 586-777-7500, as they say in Ireland. Or visit their website, sirspeedydetroit.com, to get your marketing project going today. And of course, when you call them, let them know that ML Elric and his friends at the Soul of Detroit sent you their way. And we are coming to you on Facebook Live as we do every week. We appreciate it when you tune in. But it's also worth remembering you're not getting the full show on Facebook Live. You're missing Room 7609. You're missing some great material that we save for the back end of the audio podcast, as well as some of your letters, calls, and, uh, and some insides and insights on some special deals from our swag store. So uh, we appreciate you watching. We appreciate you sharing it. But give us a listen, too, because uh, it's more than white noise, and it's we appreciate the download, quite frankly. So uh, joining me from uh, the kitchen, <laughs> where she does a lot of bitching, is Teresa Balls of the Detroit Free Press <laughs> to talk about her investigation into the medical examiner's office in Macomb County. How do I put this gently? I don't think there's any way to put this gently. 
her stories not only are bringing about some some change in Macomb County. Um, I think she's working on a, a new story uh, that should be breaking soon, a latest development. But also, um, she is responsible for getting the term "penis cake" into a headline. Well at, done at the Free Press. So uh, maybe that's what you got to do to be journalist of the year. I just, I guess I just don't go down market like that, which, which is not a euphemism. Let me just say that I, maybe I, my journalism's up here, baby. I got a face. What, you a, know cheap, what, I'm what a cheap shot. She didn't, uh, she didn't get to choose what, what happened in the story. She did not choose the content and we should be clear that there's nothing funny about sexual harassment. There's nothing funny about making uh, racially insensitive pranks, jokes, comments. Uh, we don't stand for that here. You shouldn't have to stand for that where you work. If you're being abused or harassed, we encourage you to talk to your HR department I, I, to reach out to the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission who deals with these sorts of things. You don't have to take it. We sure as hell wouldn't, and we don't think you should either. I do and some feel, people though, who are sick of it stood up. I do feel, though, that uh, penis cake being in a headline leads to a lot of clicks. Do you know? Do you have any feedback, Teresa, as to how well-received or how well-read the story was? Uh, the, the story was very well-read, and I actually only had one email where someone complained about the headline that they thought that it was uh, perhaps too sensationalized. But uh, as I said, when you clicked on that headline and read the story, the story delivered. It was about a serious story about women saying they work in a hostile workplace where people feel comfortable uh, being sexist and racist. And that's what the story was about. And that's what the story said. Now, um, for those that don't know, it's a Macomb County morgue and a, a woman had complained multiple times. Do we know how many times she complained to her bosses? Uh, Approximately. In the past, she, she did complain. I mean, uh, over a dozen times. I mean, this went on for about five years and other people complained too. And if they complained, this woman alleges that, you know, they were either bullied into being quiet or, or quitting their jobs. Uh, one woman actually did quit. Uh, one woman was fired. Um, she has a complaint with the EEOC that I believe has settled, but it's that complaint is still pending against uh, against the Macomb County Medical Examiner's offices from about five years ago. I so, uh, but she, she just... Uh, she got tired of it after after years and years of complaining, coming into the office and seeing pornography on screensavers, uh, hearing insensitive comments about uh, black families that would show up asking about their loved ones and people snickering. Allegedly, of course, this is her her uh, version. Well, uh, to of that events. to that point, because the people that lost their jobs were employees, not the supervisors that she complained to. Correct. Uh, correct. The. Um, there will be a development. I do believe that um, oh, the boss uh, will be in trouble. The supervisor position has lost their job. Breaking um, news. Oh. Breaking news here on the soul of Detroit. Take that, LaDuff. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I, I just so mean, we'll be, we'll be shave fine. that. But uh, so the, the three women who, and, and then that's what's interesting about this case. I, I did get a lot of emails from people saying, I'm surprised these were women. I was reading the story and I just assumed or presumed that these were men. Uh, do, doing these things, but the, the well, sexist well, comments were, were all women. Hey, I'm so all, I'm all women f- were fired for engaging in inappropriate workplace behavior involving pornography, sex comments. Um, I'm so that, for that equality that I know that women can be quite dirty too and vulgar when they want to be. I don't have a problem with it, but I, mean, I wouldn't. I don't know if you if you do have a problem with it, you don't want to work for it in a uh, in a public setting like that because that that is a public entity, right? The the morgue. 
It is. And, and whether it's public or private, I mean, a professional workplace should not be one where you walk in and people's screensavers are, are, are men in thongs or naked men. Sure. I mean, there, were, there was, um, I, I've seen some of the images and um, they're quite graphic. And I mean, it was almost as if uh, it, it was constant. There was a, an ongoing, and this is what the woman said, and this is what, you know, I mean, if these pictures were real and true that I've seen, uh, there, uh, the, the women who worked in this office, not all, I mean, only three, and now I believe four have been fired over it. Uh, just, you know, went a little too far. And um, the allegations also, you know, aside from the uh, inappropriate uh, sexual banter and, and, and comments and pictures on the wall, uh, th- this woman has said that inappropriate stuff about black people uh, uh, w- was made in inappropriate comments. And, um, and that really bothered her too, because she is a person of color. Mm-hmm. And uh, she alleges that, you know, when black people would come in or they had questions, you know, the, they would say to her, go deal with your people. Um, perhaps the most offensive allegation that I heard was that, uh, you know, a, a, an African-American couple came in. There was a, a decomposed body that they didn't know was their son or not. And somebody joked, you know, one of the people who worked there, they said, well, why, you know, tell him to look at his penis. Maybe they'll recognize him by that. And then they all laughed. Uh, it's stuff like that. I mean, these, again, are allegations, um, you know, uh, the... Uh, Human Resource Director in Macomb County has said they haven't been able to substantiate anything about racism, but the sexual hostility and harassment stuff was uh, substantiated. Question question about the cake. Uh, It happened a weekend after the George Floyd murder in Minneapolis. Was that the sole reason for bringing the cake in? Was it someone's, I don't know, birthday? Or was there any event that surrounded the cake or someone just brought in a black penis cake? You know, I'm not sure... There may have been a birthday because there were, along with the cake, there were balloons, these giant balloons. And on the balloons, they had drawn with like a Sharpie um, penises. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so was it about an event? I don't know. But that cake was what pushed her over the edge, she says, after, you know, much hemming and hawing. Do I go to the EEOC? Do I go to HR with a formal complaint? And, um, you know, I, I think her comment said it best it was the the cake actually arrived the day after george floyd died so it's worth it's worth noting here too that whether you work for a public employer or a private employer you should not be subjected to this sort of of, uh, harassment this sort of workplace environment now these are allegations of course so we have to presume that uh that the truth will eventually be determined but this is, you know, people have been fired over this. So there's been some wrongdoing uh, established, but you don't have to put up with this stuff. Uh, whether they're pictures of men or women in thongs, they shouldn't be in your office. And if you can't get uh, a boss or employees, colleagues to treat you the right way, you can also go to private attorneys. I mean, this is a matter that, that you just don't have to, you don't have to put up with. And, and when I read Teresa's story, I guess one of the things, a couple of things really struck me. Um, one was that, this one case, it took almost four years for them to resolve that. I mean, what kind of message does that send to employees that someone makes a complaint at great, probably uh, duress to themselves, and then it takes four years to get to the bottom of it? I mean, that's whether it's founded or unfounded, that's, that's, that's absolutely unacceptable. It's ridiculous. It's unfair to the person who made the complaint. It's unfair to the people who've been accused to have to labor under that cloud for four years. And the other thing is, Multiple people, at least according to Teresa's reporting, complained about this cake and nobody did anything about it. There's, there's part of me that says somebody should have just taken that cake on the first day and said, yeah. 
Not here. I'm throwing this in the garbage. I mean, what the hell? How do you leave a cake like that laying around? I was offended because it sat around for four days. I mean, who wants to leave leave a cake sitting around for four days? It's just gross. Yeah, it turns into biscotti. (laughs) Right, Sean? Right. Whatever you say. Coming to us from the right, Sean Windsor, everybody. uh, Yeah, biscotti's fine. Whatever you say. get Get back to your thing, man. Okay. Well, why, did, why, me, why did why did it take so long? I mean, how long do accusations usually take to get reviewed in Macomb County? Well, actually, this the the older case it did go to the EEOC. Like, if you if you work somewhere and you want to bring a sexual harassment complaint in the workplace, you first by federal law you have to go to the EEOC and you file a complaint with them, and then they investigate it, and then the EEOC will either say we agree with you and we're going to join you in your lawsuit. Or they say, uh, we think you have enough merit. Here is your official letter from us. It's called a right to sue letter. We're not going to join you, but we think you have uh, some merit here. Or they say, uh, we don't know either way, but here's your right to sue letter. And so I think what happened in this other case, this woman, um, the EEOC, I believe did side with her. Um, and I think she did settle the case with the county. But when I spoke with the uh, human resource director, he was the one that told me, he said, we have a second one that's still pending against the office. And wow. I said, is it the one from 2015? And he said, yes. So what he meant by pending, I don't know. Um, you know, are, are there more people that have been targeted in that? I don't know. But I, I, uh, the follow-up reporting is going to be, you know, who let this happen? On whose watch did this happen? Um, these women complained to supervisors. Uh, you know, what, what is it? This isn't funny. This is gross. And nobody did anything. And the last story that I did uh, was specifically about the medical examiner, Daniel Spitz, um, where they're investigating to see, well, was he in charge of the administrative office or was he just the science guy? How does that usually work? Do we know? Is a coroner uh, usually the administrator? I looked at his contract and his contract when he was hired said, yes, that he would be hired as the chief medical examiner and administrator of the office. Mm. And it spelled out his duties. You will fire, you will hire, you will oversee day-to-day operations. And back in two, I think it was 2013, there was some question over whether um, Spitz was working too much, that if he could handle the workload, because he's also the medical examiner in St. Clair County. Oh wow! And uh, the board was thinking, how can you do both? That's just too much. And they were trying to, re- they wanted to ask him about this. And he was, he wasn't responding to their request for an interview. He rejected seven of their requests for an interview. So they actually had oh, wow. to subpoena their own medical examiner to force them to meet with them and answer these questions. So it, it, anyway, it, I got a copy of that interview. And during when they asked him, are, are you too busy for this? He said, oh, no. He said, I'm, this was a direct quote. I'm in the office every day. So, well, then he should have known this stuff was going on yes, if he's, if he's yes, the administrator. What does that yes. position pay? And does obviously doing St. Clair County gets another salary, correct? In, in uh, a, yeah, I, I don't know what he makes in St. Clair, but um, he has a private uh, company. It's him and another medical examiner. Macomb County pays them. It's now $425,000 a year. He's on a four-year contract. I think it started off at like four hundred and ten thousand. Mm-hmm. Then it was four hundred and you know it's not four hundred twenty-five for the company. Um, and it's, it's, uh, it's, it's called, uh, Spitz in corporate. I forget it's, it's in my story, but, um, it's, and that's other counties will, um, you're a county employee. And I think that's what, um, is going to be a gray area here is does he actually work for He's not a Macomb County, 
uh, hired employee yeah. who's a contracted employee. And I believe the argument is going to be that um, he was not the direct person uh, overseeing all this, where on paper it says just the opposite. Bill on uh, Facebook Live uh, raises a good question. He, he's wondering if they're all over 18. I, they are, I'm assuming they are all over 18. The question for, for me, though, is how old are these people that are, you know, obviously can't read a room. There's plenty of complaints about them. It sounds like a pretty wild environment to work. Do we know how old the people that were fired were? I, I don't. I don't have their ages. Okay. But it sounds like they can read a room because it sounds like there were multiple people who were responsible for this uh, this workplace environment. At least when three people are fired and a fourth person's being investigated, you know, I mean, when you read these stories, it, it, it sounds like... Uh, you know, but she allegedly complained. Girls gone to them. wild, but in a in not like in the videos. You know, just look. I've I've worked in some <laughs> pretty wild environments where, hey, there were plenty of morning show stuff. Yeah, and there was once a complaint, and we fixed it though, and knew to that person. I don't know. Of course, it wasn't twenty twenty then either. Well, the other thing, too, is when you have a complaint filed in 2005, how many people, or 2014, whatever it was, how many people knew the complaint was filed, and how many people knew the complaint was filed and said, it's been four years, it ain't never going to happen. Sure. You know, it's sort of like that, that 20 bucks somebody owes you and they've owed you forever. At some point, you just say, in theory, they owe me 20 bucks. In reality, I just need to move on because I ain't never going to see that kind of money. Uh, I also want to jump in to announce some breaking news. It looks like the city of Detroit has reached a deal with some private developers to bring Amazon to the state fairgrounds and possibly a transit center. So uh, that site at 8 Mile and Woodward where you've seen Meyer go up and where the drive-through testing site has happened, uh, it looks like some negotiations are going on. The city of Detroit is getting ready to sell some land. They're actually going to get money for it. They're not going to be giving it away or providing any tax incentives and that uh, we may end up having some sort of facility that could bring up to 1200 jobs to the city of Detroit. So that's interesting. That's exciting. That's a little bit new kind of deal for the city of Detroit. And you can read more about that at freep.com as we speak. That story is being reported by, I believe my colleague, Adrian Roberts. So you're, you're saying that um, the, the city didn't give them any kind of tax break to be there or they're just, I mean, how cheap and are they selling this that's, land? That's what I'm reading. Um, it says here the the uh, development team will pay $9 million for the land based on a recent appraisal. Wow. They'll pay $7 million for a new DDOT transit center, which a lot of public transit fans have been concerned about that site not being utilized as a hub for city and suburban um, transit handoff. You know, there's two ways of looking at this. Is the city getting more viable that they can afford to charge for land as opposed to give it away because we're just so desperate for anybody to come here and, you know, do whatever it is? Or is uh, the city starting to respond to some concerns that they've been making these deals a little too sweet for developers and not sweet enough for um, not sweet enough for the taxpayers? So uh, that's that's not an easy question to answer. And I would be very suspect of anybody who says they know the answer because because deals in this town are not easy to make happen. So uh, we shouldn't be giving shit away either. The city bought that uh, from the land bank, that particular land for seven million two years ago, and now they're selling it for nine. Pretty pretty good return on investment, uh, according to the story in the Free Press. And they yeah. nev- and well, they I never mean, get it wrong. <laughs> exactly. That's a that's the penis cake paper, right? So they get stuff right. <laughs> exactly. Yes. 
So, um, so Teresa, anything else you can tell us about this? Uh, anything people can look forward to before we let you go and, and, and try and come up with another scoop, but not a scoop of ice cream to go with any kind of cake? You know, just basically stay tuned. Um, you know, the stories going forward are who, who was responsible for this? Well, who was responsible for letting this happen? And is anybody at the top going to uh, pay a price for this? Are they going to hold, who are they going to hold accountable for letting this happen? And uh, are, are, are they, is it going to happen at all? So that's, that's what's coming up. Wow. And also where, where are these uh, people going to land? You know, they've lost their jobs now in the middle of a pandemic. Where, where are they going to go? And I mean, if you live in Macomb County and someone dies and you need a death investigator to come to your house, uh, they've, you know, an office of, I think of 12 or 15 people just lost four employees. So, uh, you might be waiting a little bit. They are getting help from other counties, but. Well, if those employees were acting the way they were alleged to have acted, I don't think it's much of a loss, but certainly the, the, uh, workforce has been reduced. So, uh, so that's uh, Teresa Balch of the Detroit Free Press coming to you live from uh, my kitchen. Um, so uh, thanks for joining us, Teresa. And you can read Teresa's stories um, for free for another 24 hours. But starting tomorrow, the Free Press is joining the many media organizations that have instituted a paywall, which means in order to see that great content, you're going to have to pay for some of it, um, which if you ask me, is only fair. Listen, folks, the best things in life may be free, but news gathering is not. It ain't cheap to get these stories. We spend a lot of time. We spend a lot of effort and we don't work for free. So we need to get uh, you to subscribe. And what's going to end up happening is about five stories every day will be put behind a paywall. And when you go to read them, you'll receive a message that says, here's the headline. And if you want the rest, you need to subscribe. The subscription rates are super cheap. And I wholly encourage you to do it because if you don't, people like me are real high on the list of people to get laid off if we don't start making some money over there at Freep.com. So please subscribe. I think you'll find it's well worth it. And what the hell? Do your part, man. Question for you on this. Yes, uh, number one, what, what took them so long? Because it seems like that's clearly the way to go. And number two, do you guys have any insight as to what will be behind the paywall? Yeah, so one reason it's taken a while, in fact, when we had our first staff meeting, when they announced, as I said, finally, I wrote an email to Gracia Martori, who was the CEO at the time in 2007, saying, where the hell is this paywall you said mm-hmm. we're going to get? That was 2007. And so I was trying to think to myself, well, what other emails did I write to corporate that might happen now? This is great. It's, you know, They're I came back listening. just in time. Yeah. But, uh, Nostradamus. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Once again, the, these are the same. It's always right, Sean. Yeah. This, yeah. this, the, I, I should say that at that time, the corporate leadership were the same people. It wasn't the same people, but they worked out of the same offices that sent us a, an email said, you guys are doing a great job on those Kirkpatrick stories. Oh, boy. Well, that's a, so, it's a spell check correction. Yeah. So all those people are gone. The, the new regime is instituted, and I think one of the reasons why is because they're exploring different models and what works best. Uh, Gannett is now, I believe, the largest newspaper company in the country, maybe in the world, and different sites, different cities have different paywalls. Some are five free stories a month. Some are you yeah. have to pay for everything you get. Uh, the free press has been doing mad traffic. I think we had like 100 million page views last month, and I think they're reluctant – 
to lower those numbers because advertisers do look for those things. Because even when you subscribe, it's like, it's like this podcast. It's like TV. It's like radio. The cost of producing this is heavily subsidized by sponsors and advertisers, but they're just not enough of them to get it done. We have almost no overhead thanks to the generosity of Drew Lane. So yeah. we're not as dependent on that stuff as other places, but newspapers still have printing plants. They still have trucks. They still have old guys like me with, with defined benefit pensions that need to be supported. So, um, so we have to change. We have to find some new revenue streams. They've been doing a good job trying to raise money with events and things like that. And one day universities and all these other sort of, you know, intellectual pursuits, but that's all been shut down because of COVID-19. So has, has Gannett I, used uh, another paper as a test subject for this where they see, okay, we had this many clicks, we moved to a paywall and this is what happened. I mean, they have to, right? There were, would they do that to the free press and news or are you guys the test subject? Now the oh, news is, the news is separate. Or yeah, it's also separate. instituting and, and a paywall. Mark, if I may, let me answer the question, please. The Thank original you. question that Mike did not. Um, <laughs> the filibuster. I was, I was filibustering. <laughs> yeah, it's really, it's really not that complicated. So, and he mentioned the, the metrics and the numbers, the free press has an enormous digital footprint. And, uh, and you mentioned the hundred million page views so far above anybody else in the company that, they were reluctant to mess with that, even yeah. though there are paywall sites all over the company have been for a while. This has been coming for uh, at least a year. Um, I can remember the editors talking about it maybe further back. With us, it's going to be a little bit more fluid. I don't think there's a, a designed number of free stories yet. But in terms of the actual content about what's behind a paywall and what's going to be free, that I was wondering when you're going to answer that original question. That, that was why you jumped that in. That wasn't the question. He said, why did it take so long? And I got he also that. said be, what kind of stuff will be behind a paywall there, uh, Rip Van Windsor. And that'll be, uh, you know what, that's okay. You can you can soliloquy all you want, my man. It is your show, I guess. In any case, Mark, it's it going to be uh, it's gonna, it's, it's a mathematical equation. Yeah. that That's, that's what's going to drive what's free, what's not. They're going to have to figure that out. It's fluid. Yeah, I guess in plain English, sometimes Sean's columns will be behind the wall. Sometimes Teresa's stories will be the wall. Maybe there'll be a video behind the wall or a photo gallery. Um, something like that. Like one of the things I think would be, well, maybe I better not say that. Let's wait till we can get your money, but it's going to rotate. And there are some things that may be the sort of thing that you'd be willing to pay for mm. that we won't charge for because we think there's such a public service component to it that we don't want people who might not be able to afford a subscription to be denied that information. Yeah, we, we've seen that with other papers, with coronavirus, with uh, the protest, yeah. you know. Yeah, I, I don't think the free press, the, the New York Times and the Washington Times and the Post, Post are both it. making all COVID-19 coverage yeah. free. Uh, I don't think the free press is going to go in that way. I think it's going to be more of a day-to-day decision-making process. But uh, But it's, you know, it's a work in progress. But to those of us who think that our work has value, and, and deserves to be um, paid for. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're excited about this and, and we encourage you to give us a chance. If you subscribe and it's not to your liking, you can unsubscribe. It's, it's not going to be really tricky. So, um, so uh, please do that because here's, here's what happens if you don't do that. Solar Detroit five days a week and nobody wants that shit. No, so, definitely not. <laughs> Freep.com. We'll make it easy for you to subscribe. Well, Mark Check and I definitely don't want it. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's, that's what? That's another 50 minutes of work every week for you, Sean. You could be, uh, you know, you and Matt could do it. And I know. Since uh, when, yeah, since when is talking work for you? Just you, just you wait, mister. I mean, you talk when you're sleeping. 
Do you think it's easy to be this banal? I'm actually a very interesting person. I'm trying to dumb it down. And I'm still putting you to sleep. And now you're insulting your readers. That's well, nice. I know Listeners. Teresa uh, approves of it so much that she's already bailed on the video and has moved on. But before uh, we forget... All guests of Harriot ML Sola Detroit receive a 12-pack of Altus Lager. Oh, he loves beer. So, more beer for the Alric household. Yeah, so Teresa's story was great. We'd be talking about it anyways, but I really could use another 12-pack of Altus. So that's why. <laughs> there you go. That's another reason we, we had her on. And, and speaking of Altus, if you aren't a guest on this show, but you want some Altus, oh, it's waiting for you at your at your friendly neighborhood store. In fact, if you can get into a bar, maybe you can sit on the patio. It's on tap at fine establishments throughout Michigan. And, and it's a Detroit original. Detroit lager made in Detroit, brewed right here in the city. It's making a comeback here in the greatest city in the world. And it's the do anything, anytime, with anyone beer. I love to grab a case when I go to hockey and the guys, they say, bring me some more. In fact... Oh, I, need to, I need to bring some because I'm kind of oh, a little I guess, behind. I guess on we know my, who's going to be the, I guess we know but, who's um, going to be the guest next week. The whole hockey team. Yeah, I know. They keep saying it's like you keep saying you're going to bring it to hockey. So <laughs> I will. I brought it to hockey. I like. I'll bring some more. Uh, anyways, the fun fact about Altus is it only takes six to turn anyone into a ten. There's a lot of things that started here in Detroit went away. Altus is back and better than ever. Unlike the original, which was the beer that your grandpa, your dad, the guy down the street had in his garage fridge. This one has a lot of flavor, and you're really going to enjoy it. So go get some today. If you don't know where to go, go to altus.beer, that's A-L-T-E-S dot beer, to find the nearest location near you. And uh, if you don't know where to go or it's not at your local store or local bar, let them know, and they will do their best to get it there. In fact, I think it's now in the coolers at the butchery, so you can get it some is, yeah. at the butchery. Altus Beer, Detroit Original, it's back. Go and get you some. I won't change my mind on anything, regardless of the facts that are set out before me. I'm dug in, and I'll never change. Ray Nerd, Ray Toe, Ray Nerd, Ray Toe, Ray Nerd Infinity, Ray Toe Infinity, plus one. No. Uh, as as you can see, I'm wearing my oh god, new wave era, vintage Michigan State college football jersey from the Tony Banks era, the great Tony, and Nick Saban. Uh, I guess he kind of left East Lansing and was never heard from again. So great move, Nick. <laughs> yeah, right. Imagine that. He great could have just hair. stayed in East great Lansing move. and been nothing. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, <laughs> it's this guy. What the hell was he thinking? Should have gone back to Toledo. No, no, they won't have him there either anymore. <laughs> or, so, or Miami. Uh, college football, though, is back kind of maybe not uh the mac is done central michigan eastern michigan western michigan not going to have football this year the big 10 it looks like maybe pulling the plug we're not quite sure we're hearing that it's going to happen you know they were supposed to have a meeting two hours ago as we're recording this right now and not a word from it which i think is setting up a really i i yesterday was a bizarre day because it leaked out uh, i want to say was the free press the first to report that uh I don't know if you know, Sean, that sources say that there won't be any football and the vote was 12 to 2. Yeah, I think the free broke it. And there were a couple other outlets that had it around the same time, maybe maybe a little bit later, but yeah. But what, what, what was amazing to me then is you see an explosion online, particularly on Twitter, from coaches, from athletes, 
not just from the Big Ten, but from all over the country. And then the president and politicians, you know, who were upset with the decision the president's made allegedly to cancel the season. And it, it it's moved so much, I kind of wonder, is this gonna change is this gonna change the decision that allegedly happened on, on Sunday? Well, I think I think our, our debate question is who should make the decision? Should it be the coaches? Should it be the ADs? Should it be the university presidents? And I say this as a Spartan who watched my university, I think, take a wrong turn that led to a lot of problems, decades worth of problems, when the president of the university, John DiBiagio, found in a power struggle with the football coach, George Perlis, that the football coach was more powerful than the university president. And the Michigan State University paid for that for Years, we lost a great president. We got stuck with a coach who was okay, who became the athletic director, who was terrible, and who became an awful member of the board of trustees. This decision, I believe, should be made by the university presidents. And Michigan State, as as actually, this is an interesting side note, there are three or four university presidents in the state of Michigan who are MDs. In our case, Dr. Stanley is an epidemiologist. In other words... How could you have a better person in a position to make decisions like this at Michigan State University? And I think this decision has to be made by the university presidents. And if the ADs and the coaches can't fall into line behind it, they can kiss my natural born ass. Well, the problem, though, this the, should be driven by science. That, that's fine. It may, it may be driven by science. But in the real world, the way things work is you have to look at the actuary of it as to who gets hurt, how bad that hurts your bottom line versus the benefit of going forth with the season. Um, I, I would say an epidemiologist will always, always decide to go on the most extreme safe side as that's what their job is as a football coach would go on the other extreme side as we have to play. We have to play. We have to play. Uh, I am surprised and I would like to see a little more feedback from the people that would be most affected by it, but nobody ever really cares about what players think. I mean, they're the ones that will be out at risk, right? Players and coaches. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, again, you know, we don't want to make this the great debate revisited, but I don't think you should pay players. I think they're handsomely compensated now. But really, if you make them play, even somebody like me would find it hard to argue that they should not be compensated because you are putting them well, at least their at health their risk, health care should and be. you can't put somebody at risk if you put an NFL player at risk and he has a 10 million dollar signing bonus and things don't go right i think he can probably live for the rest of his life off that 10 million dollars as long as you know it doesn't all go into jewelry and 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 you know picking up tabs for the boys at uh, at the at the gold club or whatever the hell it is in atlanta well, but uh, if you're not making it rain but but to me, player safety should be paramount. Preserving amateurism as much as we can in college sports should be paramount. And I my heart goes out to the players. My nephew is a, a college football player at Grand Valley State, and he's crushed that he's not going to be able to play football. But I also would like to see him graduate and live a long, healthy life. And so that's going to be the most important and, thing. And that's really, that's really what it's about. It's about the money involved. And that's kind of what you wrote about, Sean, uh, with your column today in the Free Press. Mark, uh, Mike, did you just say or suggest that only black players spend a lot of money in the NFL? Where did you get that? 
by St. Jewelry and a club in Atlanta. And we know what Atlanta is a reference to. So I'm just, I'm just curious. I'm curious. <laughs> White guys don't wear jewelry and don't go to strip clubs. Yeah, Dude, if you don't think what you just said, register, what I'm just asking, did you mean it that way or not? So let me just tell you something, Sean, before you make a fool of yourself. Uh, I grew up with a lot of guys on the east side in Gross Point who are all white. Every one of those jokers had a gold chain except for me because I was still doing a okay. paper route. All white right. guys wear jewelry. White guys go to strip clubs. I'm sorry. It's true. I thought you might say uh, Kansas City, but no, you said Atlanta. I don't know. And you were thought about it for a second. I'm just curious. We're well, going be, back because down. It, because because the, Atlanta the, is the famous club. In, in the, I don't know about strip clubs in Kansas City. Why don't you tell me about it, Mr. On the Road, ho man? <laughs> and Lou, Lou Williams. Just, it's, the, it's all. It's going we're going to check your expenses at it's the free going press back now. Down the thug road again. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I get it. I'm going to be in the. Vocal, I'm going to be in the minority with this with our listeners today on this particular thing, but I had to say it. Sorry. All right, back to your question mark. What what was it? Who? Uh, well, your column was about what's really going on here, and it's the money, the money aspect. It's yeah, not right, really right. about the players. Yes, but it's also just the news yesterday. I mean, Trump jumping in and the Senator Sass from Oklahoma, or excuse me, Nebraska, jumping in. Uh, the Republican senator out of Georgia jumping in. Mm-hmm. Folks are jumping in, right, because it's popular with their constituents. This game is. They said nothing when Division Two and Division Three went down yep. or when the MAC went down Saturday. Nobody, by the way, tweeted yesterday afternoon when the Mountain West went down. I mean, their, their seasons are getting canceled. And, and, to, and to me, that's what I wrote about a little bit. It's just the hypocrisy of it. Just say they're there because you want to be entertained. That's fine. That's the system we have. But just say that. Don't act like it's all that Trump tweeted that they've worked so hard. Well, all of those thousands of college football players who have already lost their season, they've worked just as hard, too. They're not the ones entertaining us on a Saturday afternoon or Saturday night, right, in Ann Arbor or, or Tuscaloosa. That's that's the point I was making. Mark. So who makes the call in your mind or who should make the call? The university presidents, along with the trustees and or or board members, whomever, uh, you know, whatever, the, however the university, or the regents, however the university set up. To me, that's where it's got to be. Oh, so you want the white guys to decide now? No, right. they're all the trustees and the regents. I got it yeah. now. I, I thought Michigan State had a, uh, at least one black uh, trustee or regent. Yes, uh, Fer- is Joel Ferguson still up there? Uh, he is. We actually have two. There's a woman from Muskegon. What a wonderful yeah, so trustee Joel Ferguson is. But, but Sean didn't see them because he's, you know. <laughs> He's staring at too many naked breasts at that strip club in Kansas City, where I think maybe Bobby Higginson met. I'm just trying to bring you along into the 2020s, get you out of Gross Point, and uh, just trying to bring you along. Well, I will will defend you, ML, because uh, the um, Atlanta reference is apropos because Lou Williams from the NBA got busted leaving the bubble, and he went to Magic City in Atlanta. So, exactly, I think that's a fair fair reference. I don't even know what that place is. I, I'm thinking of the place that was infamous for many, many years as being the place where all pro athletes Magic went, City. But, uh, yeah, big time. But uh, but be that as it may. Like you've never so Sean says uh, the board of trustees and regents should make the decision. I say... Oh, and the presidents. Oh, and the presidents should make the decision. So we agree on that, except Sean's still wrong somehow. And uh, Mark, you I, say it should I'd be no, if there's the players? No, if there's no fans, right? I, I, I would like a little more input from the players. I don't know necessarily why they need to make the decision now. What do we have three weeks away? Um, that being said, there's no way you can have players playing if students aren't there because they want to keep up the facade of the student athlete. 
Well, I, I, you know, in general, I'm big on self-determination, but I know when I was an 18, 19, 20-year-old guy on campus, some of the decisions I made for myself were not the kind of good long-term decisions I would have made. So I say, let's keep it with the presidents. Let's keep it with the professionals. And in Michigan State, let's keep it with the doctor. Oh man, the geeks have inherited the earth. Did I do that? What a dork. Does him wanting to play with us again mean that he's turning into a geek? Or we're turning into cool guys? I want to tell you about somebody who is most definitely not a geek. And that is Chef Dave at my favorite butcher shop and the place to go for prime meats. That's the butchery on Orchard Lake Road, just west of Middle Belt. Go in this week and spend $50 or more and tell them ML sent you, and the butcher will give you a free pound of breakfast sausage links. Now, breakfast sausage links are pretty tasty, but these are very special breakfast sausage links. All of their sausage is made in-house from scratch by Chef Dave and, wait for it, Professor Matthew Jennings of Soft History and Fine Cured Meats. So, uh Wow, that is a, that's you want to talk about a, you got to go to one place to get the one thing you're looking for. That's the place. Go to thebutchery.com to see all their amazing selections and follow them on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook to see what Chef Dave is carving up daily. 248 682 COWS is their number. That's 248 682 C O W S. If you went to Michigan State, you already know about COWS because we are moving. Uh, and they even have small private cooking classes with Chef Dave. And Chef Julie Hubbard, that's the chef's wife. That's Mrs. Hubbard to you. She makes some fantastic desserts. So check them out. It's worth the drive. I've made it. I'll be back. I promise you, you'll be glad you went. Make sure to tell them when you got there that ML sent you. Boy, Geek of the Week. I, uh, I'm tempted once again to walk Sean onto the floor for... Uh, I thought you were going to nominate yourself. <laughs> You never like you nominated yourself for the journalism of the year, journalism, <laughs> journalism of the month, or whatever. Shit, just wish that I, was. I, I mean, you know what? I, I give it to you, though, man. You you said that. You actually said that you did that. So I, I don't know if that's just incredible self awareness or just you don't give a shit at, or, or whatever. I, I, but I was amazed, and I'm I'm proud of you for saying that. I guess there's there's two reasons. One is the contest encourages people to nominate themselves, but. More importantly, there's a thousand. You took that. Prize. You took that literally. Yeah. Well, the winner, she didn't nominate well, I, herself. I, I took them at their word. I figured that's what they they wanted. But I, that's I, like saying when you know, hey, you know, let's get together sometime because you're trying to get out of a conversation. I think that was probably the tone <laughs> that was used. But uh, you know, you know what, Sean? Let's get together sometime and discuss that. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. I'll be there. See, Maybe that's when you, you use that's when you use something in context. That's what the runner-up journalist of the year does. Yeah, so are you going to nominate me or not for being the uh, the wacko? I love the, I love how you you know I like how you've already accepted the runner up position was that actually awarded the runner up position to you As you know the runner up was Phoebe Wall Howard of the Detroit Free Press it oh, was hmm. a uh, it was a photo finish she did some excellent work on some uh, some defective products at Ford. So well, maybe, uh, you can maybe find ML. Phoebe's work at Freep.com, and some of it will probably be behind the paywall because that's the kind of good shit we expect people to pay for. ML, maybe yeah, she's really good. Maybe you were the top male writer of the year. Why don't you go with that one? I, I maybe I was the the top um, uh, black strip club jewelry attending. Uh, you were at pro least pro athlete uh, finalist. You were at I least uh, runner up in your household. Now. In yeah, your household, you're thinking you're about right. it now. I, I did my job. That's good. <laughs> yeah, you've rattled Keep it moving, fella. Let me let me just say this and get myself in a little trouble. But <laughs> if you're familiar, Sean, with gentlemen from the Mediterranean. 
There's a lot of gold on those guys, okay? There's a lot of hair on the chest. There's a lot of gold. Maybe that's why you don't see the gold, because the hair on the chest. Yeah, and there are not a lot of them in NFL locker rooms, but keep going. <laughs> Mike Moustakis? It's a baseball. Oh, really? close. It's baseball. Yeah, I, He's a pro I, athlete. I thought he played in Kansas City. Who said <laughs> NFL? I said, I said, uh, I said pro athletes. Um, oh, and by okay. the way, if, no, if, you you didn't, are, that's all right. Keep going. if you are one of our more here sweet members of society, manscaped.com, go there and uh, use promo code ML to get 20% off and free shipping. If you still go there, there's a good chance we can land them as a sponsor. And if you go there and send me proof of purchase, just send me the confirmation email to mlsoulofdetroit at gmail.com. I will send you an autographed copy of the Kwame Sutra, and Sean will send you daggers, just mean stares. No, just say Harry instead of here, Sue. Just say Harry. Come on, man. Is it is it pronounced hair suit? I thought it was hair suit. Or the opposite of what's on your face. Just say something like that, right? Just come on. Promo code ML will get you what you're looking for. <laughs> there really is nothing like a shorn scrotum. It's breathtaking. I suggest you try it. Oh, they got a laugh out of Matt. Yeah, I'm back. So now I think we're still on Geek of the Week. Anyways, yes, yeah. our, our first <laughs> you're finalist. So uh, One of the whitest women alive, by the way. Uh, super smart, but super snarky New York Times columnist Maureen Dowd, who last week wrote about the groundbreaking Democratic ticket of Walter Fritz Mondale and Geraldine Ferraro, which was crushed by Ronald Reagan in 1984. Dowd wrote, it's hard to fathom, but it has been 36 years since a man and woman ran together on the Democratic <laughs> Party ticket. Now, Maureen Dowd is always, you know, knows more than everybody else. But I wonder what Hillary Clinton and Tim Kaine thought yeah. when they read that. Well, I remember that those crazy kids who ran for president on the Democratic ticket in 2016. Oh, boy. Then there's our old friend and good old boy Alabama state rep Will Dismukes of Prattville, who faced widespread calls for his resignation after he spoke at a celebration honoring the Ku Klux Klan's first Grand Wizard. He was a finalist not so long ago in this competition. Well, he's in the finals again because earlier this month, Dismukes was arrested on a felony charge of first-degree property theft. Prosecutors say the legislator sold thousands of dollars between 2016 and 2018 from a flooring company where he worked before his election to the Alabama House of Representatives. His attorney, Trey Norman, of course, it's the South, so he's got to be named Trey, told WSFA, I don't think any money was taken by anyone. Second of all, are you listening, Sean? Okay, never mind. Second of all, if I worked for someone and they accused me of taking money, I wouldn't expect four years to go by before anyone said anything to me. Well, hmm. yeah, that's hmm. try selling that in court, Trey. But our winner, and actually I should say our loser, is the Leelanau County Road Commission member oh, who offended... Yeah who offered, excuse me, who offered this explanation for why he wasn't wearing a mask at a public meeting. Well, this whole thing is because of them ends in Detroit, only he didn't say ends. After he was rebuked, Commissioner Tom Eckerly added, I can say anything I want. Black Lives Matter has everything to do with taking the country away from us. That would have been more than enough for us to win this prize, but Eckerly in an interview later with Interlock and Public Radio said, I don't recalling it an end. An N is an N is an N. That's not a person whatsoever. Eckley resigned just two years into a six-year term. Even though this segment is called Geek of the Week, we don't go in for name-calling here unless it's amongst ourselves. But since we've already dipped our toe into these troubled waters, this week we, like Eckley, are going to double down. So, sir, 
Geek is too mild a term to describe your ignorance. You are our first ever huge festering asshole of the week. The kids are soft. I don't care for that guy. Me neither. Too no. soft. I'm going to pretend like you need to just make my dick go soft. You like your history soft, but you want your money working hard. And it's harder than ever to get the results you're looking for. So I recommend contacting our friend and sponsor, Luke Nowacki. Some people like to save up for something really nice, like a new earring that looks cool, or maybe even a time machine that could take you back to the 90s when dudes with earrings that weren't pro athletes were a thing. They may have even gone to strip clubs. It's jewelry, right? And could be <laughs> white guys. But if you're wondering how you can budget for a major purchase, call Luke Nowacki at 248-663-4748 or email Luke at Nowacki, that's L-N-O-W-A-C-K-I, at PinnacleWealthStrategies.com. He can assist you to devise a plan targeted to help you reach your financial goals. And with Luke Nowacki, he'll make it all about you, sweetheart. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. Member F-I-N-R-A-S-I-P-C. Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. Luke is also a generous sponsor of all the Red Shovel Network shows, but when you contact him and you can find a link to his page on our homepage, make sure to let him know that ML sent you because we want to get some credit there, folks. So, um, And now... For credit towards your PhD in history, let me see if I can make that right. Now for your PhD in history, it's Professor Matt Jennings coming to us live from Detroit, Michigan. From Detroit, Michigan. All right. Welcome. I'm on Fort Street in downtown, about two miles from all the big buildings. Okay. Welcome to uh, our jurisdiction. Yes, glad to be here. I sold Detroit after all. Well, take oh. it away, my friend. What what's what 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 happened today? Yeah, again. <laughs> on another day. Okay, well, this is what happened this week in history. In 1955, Tokyo Communications Engineering, later to be known as Sony, began selling their first transistor radio, making the tweaking of nipples to tune in obsolete. Oh, oh, thanks, dog. The dog approved. <laughs> well, we got above the waistline, so we'll take that. Yeah. All right. In 1978, Jimmy Carter declared a state of emergency at the Love Canal due to things that were going in there that should not be. David Bowie and Mick Jagger had never been more insulted. Wait, what did he do? What did Carter do? I don't know. He this declared story. a state story? of emergency at the Love Canal. What the hell's a Love it, Canal? It know? was a, a massive, massive toxic waste site where where companies had been dumping chemicals into the uh, now ironically named Love Canal. If you remember from Tootsie, I think no. Bill Murray was writing a play about the Love Canal and uh, he wanted Dustin Hoffman to star in it, but it wasn't going very far. By the way, that was one of the one of the great, great um, supporting roles uh, ever by Bill Murray, where he played sort of a bit part, but kind of stole some of the show. Big Tootsie fan, huh? <laughs> Good movie. Okay. I found it very empowering for women, even though the woman was a man. <laughs> That's okay. There was an opening for Sean there, but he's just... He's, he's still laughing. He's, he's, <laughs> yeah. He had to mute he's himself. Still, he was laughing so hard. 
He's furiously responding to uh, posters on his on his Tinder account. <laughs> <laughs> Next. In 84, an Annapolis, Maryland man found a four-inch lobster in his swimming pool after a torrential rainfall. Oddly enough, it's the same thing Teresa Baldus found when she caught ML getting out of a tanning bed. Uh, of course, it was four inches across. <laughs> oh, lucky guy. <laughs> Good one. And much and easier to find thanks to the Lawnmower 3.0, which you can get at manscaped.com. Promo right. code ML. Shamelessplug.com. And finally, in 1990, fossil hunter Susan Hendrickson discovered three huge bones belonging oh, to the boy. world's largest ever discovered T-Rex off, the, off a cliff in South Dakota. Suzanne Hendrickson would become one of the most renowned fossil hunters of her time, <coughs> followed by Anna Nicole Smith. Hey, that's a good one. I like that yeah. one. Yeah. Oh, hey. What was that? One <laughs> I, for four? That's no, I got to tell you, when you no, said... No, that's good. Fossil bones at the beginning, fossil I, bones at the end. I, I, I like was, it. I was a little worried where, where you're going with bones, but... Uh, I was too. I thought you were going to make it, I you were gonna make it four or four. Well, yeah. I guess one was nipples, but, uh, so three or four. <laughs> so that was... And that could have been anybody's, so I'm not just saying anything bad. If you say so. <laughs> Well, if you found uh, the walls closing in on you, maybe the rooms are too small. Maybe it's like a hotel room, like uh, our new wave suite, room 7609. It's time for you to call our realty sponsor, Lindsay Broadwell. When it's time to move into a new house, whether you're buying, selling, or both, you need to contact Lindsay Broadwell. Your house is one of your most valuable investments, and that's why you need an agent you can trust and who knows the business inside and out. Lindsay started her career at Hall Financial. Now she's an expert in real estate. She'll make sure you get the most out of your house and that everything goes smoothly by finding you a new home that fits your lifestyle. Buyers, sellers, especially first-time buyers, make sure you contact Lindsay at broadwellhomes.com or 248-767-7767. She's a licensed realtor at Remax Nexus. That's broadwellhomes.com. And tell Lindsay that ML sent you. And welcoming, uh, welcome to our new wave suite, uh, Room 7609, where this month we are looking at covers done by new wave artists. Last week we had a fierce debate over whether R.E.M. was a new wave band. We, uh, we agreed to disagree on that one. But this week there's no question that Bow Wow Wow fits the bill.
So anybody who remembers Bow Wow Wow will not forget that early MTV heavy rotation video of lead singer Annabella Lewin with her mohawk in the surf. Very alluring, very appealing. But before you get too carried away, when she joined the band, she was only 13. What? I didn't know that. We don't know what her age was when that video was shot, so we're going to presume that that was five years into the existence of Bow Wow Wow. But Bow Wow Wow was a band that was put together by Malcolm McLaren, who you may know as one of the guys who was a prime mover behind the Sex Pistols, had some interaction with the Buzzcocks, who we featured on this show a couple weeks ago, and was sort of a, a music impresario in the punk new wave movement back in the 70s and early 80s. But to many of us who first heard this song and just thought it's a cool little, you know, two and a half minute ditty, sort of a new wave version of uh, the letter, you know, where somebody takes it and knocks it out real fast. And Mm -hmm. then you're on to the next thing. This actually was first recorded in 1965 by a group called the strange loves. And the thing about the strange loves that's so interesting is that they were sort of a fraudulent band. They claimed to be, three Australian brothers, Giles, Niles, and Miles, who were ex-sheep herders. And they put on some shaggy wigs and some costumes when this thing reached uh, top 20 in the U.S., top 10 in Canada. Strangely enough, it didn't do very well in the United Kingdom, which, of course, Australia is a part of. So maybe they sussed out the fraud, uh, as they would say over there. But um, but it's it's uh, it's it's one of the great, new wave tunes that really isn't a new wave tune, but became a new wave tune, so, not just because of the band, not just because of the, uh, the sort of orchestrated makeup of the band. I mean, this is again, a band that probably had more to do with who the members were than any sort of musical message they were trying to express. With Bow Wow Wow. But yeah. I mean, I think that band what? without Annabelle in front is uh, nothing. Yeah, nothing. a bunch of jokers. Nobody cares about whatever happened to her. Did she ever go any go to any other band? I feel like that's the only thing she's known for is I Want Candy in the video. Yeah, that's a good question. I do not know what happened to her. I, I have to be honest. My research was going backwards as opposed to forwards, but I mm. think that was uh, that was pretty much she's it still, for her. Looks and, like she's um, still alive. I, <laughs> I, I, I don't tell. want to uh, confuse her with the lead singer of Romeo Void, who sometimes mm-hmm. I confuse her with who ended up dating Fernando Valenzuela when he was the hottest thing ever for the LA Dodgers <laughs> back in the eighties. But, um, but yeah, I suspect she's probably only about 30 now. So uh, <laughs> there's many, many acts ahead for, for Annabella. Um, Sean danceable beat. You like the guitars. What was it about that song that, um, that roused you from your slumber? It's, it's a fun little song. You know, I'm, I'm not really into the, your pedophilia, but it's a fun little song. <laughs> Again, I preface this that I'm pretty sure that video was shot uh, one hour after her 18th birthday. But, uh, but <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it may have been may have been part of the celebration. This could we, we don't know, but um, but yeah. Anyways, uh, uh, a great new wave cover tune. Uh, we've had a few nominations for other new wave cover tunes that we may roll out this month. If you have something you'd like to hear in room seven, six, or nine, if you have a a tune that was covered by a new wave band that you'd like us to play before the end of the month, send your nomination to ML soul of Detroit at gmail.com or give us a call at three, one, three, two, eight, eight, nine, zero, seven, zero. That's the Butterfield eight, nine, zero, seven, zero line. And we will, we will hear you. We will share it. 
and we will try and get that in our rotation. Also, I am, as we speak, working on a very cool Room 7609 piece of merchandise that uh, we hope to be adding to our merch store very soon. You may have noticed that we added masks and gaiters to the uh, to the merch store, so we encourage you to wear a mask or a gator, no matter who made it. This is not about well, okay, it is about making money for us, but it's really about safety. But since we're advocating, we figure we should give you something fashionable, and we think these are so cool looking that even if you think masks are bullshit, you might want to wear one just to be considerate and very fashion forward. You can get all that stuff, including our hockey jerseys, which are on sale and come with a free signed copy of the Kwame Sutra at drewandmikestore.com. Um, we, we really want to hear from you. We really want to take your money and we really want to see you wearing our very groovy, as you can see, logo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Beautiful logo. Wherever you go. And we got t-shirts, we got stickers, we got all kinds of swag. So go and get you some. It's a way to support the show and make a statement as well. And uh, a guy who has been making a lot of statements, some of which should come with a slap, but who's been just just banging it for as long as I can. I don't know. Maybe it's just because the, maybe he's got a little touch of like some mutation of the coronavirus. I don't know what it is, but Sean Windsor has been a uh, on point, bringing it, cutting through the fog type of guy at the free press. And Sean, your, your latest column talking about college football, your column on the Harbaugh day spat. I mean, you know, well, well done, my friend. Um, let, let's talk about that latest column and, uh, and this whole issue of the wild, wild West that is college sports. I, uh, I'm touched that you consider me a friend. <laughs> well, cause you're white. <laughs> Well, I mean, I guess that probably makes sense, but, but still, I mean, there there are millions and millions of white people, and um, so that you chose me. I'm I'm, I'm always uh, intrigued. I'm, I'm always intrigued yeah. at the uh, the feedback you get uh, from columns, just in general. How um, how was the last one? You know, because as we mentioned earlier, we talked about it. You know, quit acting like preserving the Big Ten is about the players. What what kind of feedback have you gotten from that one? Because it's really, as you've seen online, it's touched a nerve with a lot of people. Oh, for sure it did. I actually was surprised at the amount of folks who who agreed with and, and liked that. I shouldn't say liked, but just liked the sentiment of the column. Um, but I did get, you know, some folks that did not, and they expressed themselves in all sorts of ways. You know, the folks that email me and just say, hey, you know, I don't agree or the column is garbage or whatever, that's fine. And then there are emails like this. Would you like to hear one? <laughs> Would I? Yes. Yes. Would you? Please. Okay. I'm sorry for the Elrickian setup there. It was no, little, I I love any kind of feedback. It, uh, okay, here's one. I'm not going to use the name. I mean, right? But this is it's from a gentleman. Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's from not ML on the <laughs> east side at Yahoo.com. <laughs> yeah, this is from a gentleman who I assume resides somewhere on uh, Earth, and it's short. And he used uh, one, two, three ellipses, which I you know, oh okay. I kind of like the ellipses, but uh, it's a little overused, but okay. Yeah, you know, it's it's, so it's ex- a pause. You know, it's something we're working on with Elric. I think I, I hate ex- to pause once in a while. I think I hate excl- exclamation points more, but go ahead. I hate it. So this is when he writes: These players are the perfect example of those who are most who are the most safe from the China virus. You are a complete pussy. <laughs> you can <laughs> you can stay home if you're so afraid of a virus. 
The male population has been feminized. Your <laughs> exhibit A. He spelled uh, your wrong. I, whatever. We're not going to get into his typos. Um, I'm not sure where to start there. I mean, the China virus. Is, uh, I, I, well, right? I mean, I don't even What's care that? about that. The, what I don't care what you call it, but the well, fact. Well, no, that- I do because I have. I was just talking to a friend the other day. She, her, she's Chinese American. Her parents immigrated. She was talking about an experience up north with her two daughters. Her husband's white. Her two daughters look uh, Chinese uh, American, and they're getting some ice cream. And the comments that they got, and uh, people whispering and pointing at them, and a couple of people saying, "Why did you bring the virus?" So that's the effect China virus has, or Wuhan flu. So it's easy for us to say, no offense, Mark, but I hear these stories sometimes. So when you say it like that, then people who are Americans who were born here have to hear that shit. So anyway, I, 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 I'm, I'm I, off my soapbox. No, we can no, talk I, about him calling me a pussy. I understand that, and I, I do empathize with it. My, my only problem with it, and maybe it's easy for me to see it because I'm not Asian, is the fact that it just becomes such a uh, political football and such a dividing thing where now you see the president doubling down and saying it as often as he can. And then people, you know, don't have that. A lot of people don't have a problem with it. I think there's better things to argue about how he's handled the virus than what he's called it. No, no, I I, totally agree. I don't find any of it acceptable. Why why do that when it frees? No, admittedly, it's a small percentage of people. I like to think to, to to go out and say that kind of stuff, right? It's just, there's no need for it. In any case, Wait a minute, wait a minute. I I saw on Sinclair Broadcasting that Dr. Fauci created the the coronavirus and sent it over there. So what's this crazy stuff you guys are talking about? I know, I know, I know. Can we just get back to the the fact that I'm a pussy and uh, (laughs) exhibit A for being feminized? Well, I want to get to his other point too about how young. What is it? What did he say exactly? Young people are the least affected by it, but they're also lately been the biggest spreaders of it too. And Harbaugh's comments the other day about how perfectly they've done everything. I it think was so Michigan. It was very look. It pains me to agree <laughs> with that. It was very Michigan of him to say oh, that. And I we really figured think, it out, right? Well, I really think he forgot that you're not going to be scrimmaging yourself. You're going to be playing other schools and other teams that might not be doing as good of a job as you have. And now there's a story out today where five athletes in the Big Ten have been found to have heart inflammation that is caused by a virus. They don't know if it's coronavirus, but it's a virus. Um, but I think Harbaugh forgets that, yeah, you play against another team. And not only that, you're traveling, which are the you know the one thing you're not supposed to be doing. No, I agree. It's um, but you're not going to convince that emailer. He's just he wants. No, I, I'm gonna. I, I will e- email him back and thank him from the note. It's what I try to do. As much as you might want to, you know, go back and or maybe I would want to write back and say, look, I played football in high school, which I did, and I loved it. And I, I wrestled. I wasn't very good at because I was too tall and had no leverage and too thin. But you know, I, I'm not going to do that. That was a while ago. Yeah, I used to get down on the box uh, or the block, as we would say, with Elric and bang. Uh, bang a little bit and throw elbows and all that. It's, it's not that it's, it's funny that if you, if you are worried about the safety and health of the players to a certain percentage of folks out there, that makes you soft. Or that means you don't like the sport. It's just, it's just a lot more nuance than that. And nuance is, uh, yes. is gone right now. Right, Mark? Yes. There, we've been saying that for a long time. Nuance does not exist. You have to take a side and back it no matter what. And it's well, very annoying. Yeah. Even, well, even hippies love football. Some. Everyone loves football. I lo- it's my I favorite form of entertainment. I don't want it to disappear, but no, know, it's great. People of all sorts of political persuasions love football. Yep. 
Yes, we do. And I, I, I wish it would come back, but uh, I'm not willing to risk the lives of young people um, so that I can watch it on TV because I don't think I'll be able to take my seats in Spartan Stadium. But anyway, Sean, great work at the Free Press. Please check it out at freep.com. We can also find uh, Teresa Baldus's work. And occasionally I, I throw something in there myself. You can also <laughs> buy one at newsstands. We, we like that too, especially us old dudes who prefer that tactile experience so uh, uh one one quick thing mike next oh, hi, time, hey let me nominate you next time I, i'd be honored to nominate you i don't want you to nominate yourself um, you won't you, you wouldn't feel good about it if you won that way i'll do it I, i'll just i'll just tell you that uh, i don't know that i've done anything that would be worth nominating <laughs> yeah, this year yeah, but yeah. uh but um you put you up know, with me Every every time every time I win a prize, it comes with a pay cut, or I got to share the money. So it's not that big a deal. Now Teresa won a prize, and you know how much that money got shared. All of it, probably knowing you. Nothing. Good. So, uh, Good. It's her prize. So yeah. So that's why you're doing this. So there's that. Yeah, it's right. So I got the side gig. <laughs> it was side hoe or side gig, and she said, "Go with the side gig." <laughs> So that's fine. Anyways, we appreciate hearing from you, uh, even if you have something nasty to say. Uh, Last week, if you missed it, we had the first ever Detroit podcast wake for Honest John Thompson, the proprietor of Honest John's uh, Bar No Grill. And we also talked about um, Jamie Samuelson, who I Mm -hmm. believe was laid to rest today, and uh, and Sean's brother-in-law, Don Moray. So if you missed that episode, please go back and check it out. You know who was listening as we were doing that live on Facebook was a uh, kinfolk of John's, a gentleman named Mike writing to us from Florida, who says, I'm actually typing this from Thompson's house in Florida. Thompson's wife's first husband is my mom's brother. I never lost touch with my aunt Irene, even after they got divorced. My wife, Lori, reached out to John, asking if there was a memorial for her last summer shortly after he moved. And since then, been pretty much his primary caregiver until he passed away. Mm. Lori was in the room when he, with him when he crossed over to Valhalla on the 10th of July. There are other stories besides the basketballs and soccer balls. He had the Cape Coral PD pass out. John moved to Cape Coral, Florida um, some time ago. There's a bar just down the street from the house called the Cape Clubhouse. He was there daily in the morning with his last bouvier, Esther, having a few <laughs> drinks with all the other old men that hang out at the bar. When I was there, I would go with him. We had a small get-together here at the house the weekend before last for him, and most of the regulars showed up. To a person, we heard about how much he helped them. He'd give out odd jobs to people and pay them a lot more than they deserved. He paid $200 to a guy who was homeless to close the hurricane shutters on his house when Dorian was out in the Atlantic last year, and it was looking like it was going to come here. When I told him I could do it, he'd have none of it. He told me to pour myself a drink and relax. He was loved down here, and they're going to miss him here, too. Um, Talking a little bit about the old place on field before he moved to Midtown, he says that his wife, uh, what she heard today kind of drove home how special the Field Street Bar was, and that was good for her to hear. If anyone is interested, right after he passed, we bought a paver and had it placed at Sunset Point on Belle Isle. So we really appreciate Mike sharing some of those memories yeah. and all the memories people have shared with us about Honest John. And if you miss the show, listen up, check it out, share it. And we'd like you to listen to all our shows, to share it, to subscribe, to rate it. 
And we'd appreciate if you'd support the other Red Shovel Network shows. That is No Filter Sports with Eli, Denny, and Bob, the No BS News Hour with Charlie LaDuff and our friend Mark Fellhauer. And of course, the Drew and Mike podcast, which is on daily, also with our friend Mark Fellhauer. Is that is that you why there's no new yeah. Charlotte and Dad podcast? What what happened you to know that, what? That's that funny, franchise? Funny you mention it. She just uh, has not been one. I think she's pod faded. She doesn't want to do it anymore. So. <laughs> pod faded. I've talked awesome. I've talked to her about doing a new one, new one with special with her sister as a special guest because that two, oh. and, two and a half year old won't stop talking. Wow. So she's she's. She's gotten too big for her britches before she's out of kindergarten. I think she has other things she wants to do than uh, do a silly little podcast. So bless What's her. What's she heart. think? Books and movies? Uh, the lot, Appalachian Trail? What the hell? She's five years old. Reading. A lot of reading. Uh, oh, good for her. A lot of, a lot of singing good, good. and dancing to Hamilton. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I hope you'll encourage her to subscribe to the free press. Uh, she will. Uh, yeah, she can read. Well, everybody we'll in the family will have their own sure subscription. That, she doesn't end up reading a penis cake story by mistake. Also, That's you know, strangely, when I was looking at that story on the app today, I was refreshing my memory. One of the first links that popped up was to a Jamie Samuelson tribute. I'm not sure what the crossover between <laughs> love it. Samuelson and penis cake is. You would find it. But, um, uh, anyways, you have been listening to ML Soul of Detroit on the Red Shovel Network. Uh, buy our swag. Go to drewandmikestore.com. In the meantime... It's time for Cyrus, which is near Cyprus, where you see a lot of guys wearing jewelry, to take us out. Can you dig that? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Quality, even to the appearance of the bright, clean yellow package, carefully wrapped and sealed to bring you Solar Detroit's rich, fresh, extra mild flavor. Solar Detroit costs the same as other longs free podcasts. But your first puff will tell you, ah, that's different. Yes, in Solar Detroit, the difference is quality.